I decided yesterday that we should speak into the coronavirus situation. So I want us to consider this evening what does it mean for us as individuals in a church to respond to this pandemic, this unique situation, this unprecedented situation in history. And we're aware, aren't we, that there's lots of unknowns, lots of uncertainties, lots of potential reasons to be concerned, perhaps anxiety, perhaps fear. There's lots of responses and emotions. And I want to just reflect on what that means for us tonight and respond to what scripture would say to us. And I wonder for you this evening, if you come feeling perhaps slightly uneasy or anxious about the fact that it could affect your income or your business, what does this mean for you and your family and your finances? Perhaps you're concerned about your health. Are you going to catch this virus? Is a loved one, is someone you know and care for going to catch this virus? Legitimate concerns. Or perhaps you're concerned about the potential isolation. Are you worried about the vulnerability and the fact that you could be on your own for weeks or even months? Are you worried about being cut off? Are you worried about the implications of that? Or perhaps if you're like me, it's just simply the unknown and the uncertainty. We love to plan, don't we? We love to have things organized. We love to know the structure and the direction of things. But it seems like so much is getting cancelled, it's so difficult to plan. How long will this last? How do we make decisions? There's so much uncertainty. How do I make good and wise and godly decisions? Perhaps you're concerned for our nation and our world. What does this mean for the schools? I found out from one BBC article that apparently Nicola Sturgeon is suggesting five months off school. I've got two young kids, five months with them at home. What does it mean for our schools, for those of us who have children who are in education? What does it mean for the health system? What does it mean for the prisons? What does it mean for the economy? So many questions and concerns. How will we cope, how will we respond as individuals, as a church, as a nation? What does it look like the next few weeks and months? We just don't know, do we? So much uncertainty. And I'd love to say, right, these are the things that are going to happen. This is what I believe is going to happen. But like you, I've got no idea. We have to take a day at a time. But what I want to do simply tonight is just to point us to Jesus and say this is truth we can rest on. This is stuff that we can hold dear to. This is stuff that we can build our lives to. When there's so much information from social media, from the news, from people at work who are telling us rumors or facts or different opinions, then actually we want to build our life and our faith and our truth on the word, not the world. We want to be rooted in Jesus. So tonight we're going to look at a particularly well-known passage, Psalm 23. If you've been around church for a while, we're going to look at Psalm 23, which is a well-known passage. And I was going to preach today on tongues, the gift of tongues. I had a pretty good talk lined up, if I'm honest. But I decided yesterday that it was appropriate to switch that and just focus on something completely different. So I really want to spend just a few moments unpacking Psalm 23 and just work out what does this truth, this scripture mean to us today? How can it provide hope and security in Jesus. So turn to Psalm 23 if you have a Bible or it will be on a screen behind me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. 
He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Such a rich and powerful piece of scripture. Why don't I just pray for us as we unpack it right now. Lord, we just pray that as we go through this scripture and determine what it means for us as individuals, for us as a church family, for us as a nation, we pray that it provide hope and strength and comfort. Amen. So the Lord is my shepherd. The intimacy, the personal nature of the fact that he's my shepherd, he's your shepherd. In a time where we could feel vulnerable or alone or isolated, he's your friend, he's your shepherd. He's the one you can trust in. He's the one who can stand with you. He's the one who can put his arm around you and care for you, the dependable and closest and deepest friend. The shepherd would have known all the sheep by name. David would have known the sheep Individually, they're different personalities. He knows you. He cares for you. He knows your situation. The Lord is my shepherd. He cares for each and every one of us. A few years ago, at the age of 18, I was in a situation where, in many ways, my life was in a really good place. I was playing professional, well, playing with a professional basketball team. I wasn't getting paid, but I wanted to make it. And my 36-year-old Andy would say to my 18-year-old Andy, you were never going to make it. But 18 years old, I was going to make it. I was going to make a professional, okay? I was good, but just not clearly good enough. And I had a good social life. I was at university, and things were really good. I was healthy, etc., etc. And cutting quite a long story short, I was really quite seriously ill almost overnight. I came back from university and I was training and was working and seeing friends and basically just because of an unknown virus was really quite seriously ill. And I was sleeping 20, 21 hours a day. My life really hit rock bottom in many ways. It was definitely one of the hardest times of my life. And just when things felt that they were at an all-time low point, given that I had to stop university, I had to stopped seeing friends, my basketball was seemingly done, everything was seemingly taken away from me. I remember being at my uncle's funeral, my uncle committed suicide. And I was, like I say, only up for four or five hours a day, but dragged myself to a funeral I felt was right to be there. I remember saying to God, you, you say you love me, you say you care for me, you say you have good plans for me, but this doesn't feel like it. This doesn't feel like a good God who wants to love and bless his child. And I'll never forget him whispering in my ear, you've been stripped of all you have, but you've been left with all you need. You've been stripped with all you have, but you've been left with all you need. Many of us will be feeling vulnerable and fragile tonight. In a time where so much of our seeming security has been taken away, the stuff we build our life upon, the plans we make, the stuff we trust in, the stuff that provides us with provision and resource, so much of it is seemingly being taken away or uncertain or unstable. My shepherd is there with all we need. He comforts us and restores us and strengthens us. The Lord is my shepherd and he leads us to green pastures. 
You see, the shepherd would have led the sheep to get nourishment and food. They would have depended on their shepherd to have received food and nourishment, to receive provision and resource. In a time where provisions may seem sparse, where Luro is at an absolute premium, we can trust that where we feel at our deepest need, we can trust for God's provision, for his support and provision. Turn to him and say, God, I need this. Turn to him with your deepest cries and asks. He wants to provide for his children. And he takes the sheep to the waters. The sheep depended on their sheep for everything. And they would have provided, they would have expected their shepherd to guide them to the water that was still and was safe and away from predators. The still waters, the peaceful waters, the refreshment. He wants to take us to a place of nourishment to quench our spiritual thirst, to take us there in a place of safety and security. He takes us to the waters, the pastures. He provides for us. And we also see in this passage that the shepherd guides his sheep. He shows them where to go. He would have shown the safe path to have traveled, the direct paths. The sheep would have followed their shepherd step by step. And as we make big decisions, perhaps about how to respond to the universities potentially stopping or school decisions or business decisions or whatever we face, he guides us step by step. Yes, we want to know every decision right now. We want to know what the next five years looks like, but perhaps it's a challenge to say, what does the next day look like? Jesus says, just worry about the concerns of today and trust him with the rest. Step by step following his leading and guiding, to ultimately trust in him and depend on him, his guidance. He leads us and the sheep follow, he leads us and we want to follow him and trust in his wisdom, in his direction, in him showing us the next step, step by step. My shepherd, who in the deep, darkest valley says, do not fear evil. In a time where so much evil and Fearing is just rampant. We can turn to God who says, do not fear. Why? Because you are with me. We can know a deep and profound peace that surpasses all understanding when we turn to the Lord, our shepherd, because he is with me. Now understand this, the God of the universe, the God who created everything in the universe, says, I'm with you. I know you. I walk with you. I was watching a video clip a couple of weeks ago and the guy in it talks about the fact that if you imagine the earth is a golf ball, they've discovered a star in the universe that if the earth was a golf ball, then this star is the state of Texas, 300 golf balls high. So if the earth is a golf ball, there's a star the size of the state of Texas, 300 golf balls high. I've no idea how they measured that. But it's fascinating that that same God who created these absolutely astronomical-sized stars knows you intimately and is with you and says, do not fear evil. I care for you. I know you. I have a universe in my hand. The Lord is my shepherd, and he says his rod and his staff comfort us. And the rod was used to fight off predators. He's able to shield us from danger, to fight off concerns to fight off pain and difficulty 
And the rod was also used to tap on the rock when the sheep was stuck to let the sheep know that the shepherd was nearby. And perhaps just coming tonight to church, all you need to hear is the fact that as you leave here, amidst uncertainty, amidst different challenges, you know that even through the pain and challenge of it all, God is there, he's tapping that rock and saying, I am with you, I am there, I protect you and walk with you through this danger. And his staff was there to a hook-shaped instrument that would be able to pull the sheep out of difficulty. And we can pray to God in the most deep and desperate situation. He can pull us out of difficulty. He can pull us out of the darkness of this pandemic. We're gathering on Thursday to pray at 7 o'clock, as we mentioned earlier, online, to pray and to bring this before God. But we believe as a church that God can turn around this situation. We believe that a God of the impossible can turn around and end this pandemic. I don't know that he will, but he can. But we come to him with prayers of faith. The staff can pull us out of the difficult situation. Because through all this psalm we've read, he prepares a table for us in the face of the enemies. We have this protection, this comfort, this support. And right in the middle of the storm, we can feast, we can celebrate. Despite all that's going on, we can have this peace that surpasses all understanding. The joy, the contentment isn't based in circumstances, not based on what we see around us, it's based in Jesus. No matter what we see on social media, no matter what we hear on the news, we can have a deep peace and joy and contentment and security that's rooted in Jesus, not on what is earthly. I love it when you look at the life of Paul in the New Testament, who escaped prison, who escaped death many times, who was imprisoned many times, who was tortured, who was abused, who was, went without sleep, went without food, went without all sorts of challenges and opposition. And yet through it we see a man who is of worship, of peace and joy and contentment because it wasn't based on what was around him, it was based in Jesus we keep worshipping him as a church. We keep worshipping him as individuals. We keep turning to him because he is where our security and our steadfastness and hope comes from. It's not about what we see around us. It's about who he is and the fact that he lived, died and rose again. Because as this psalm ends, it says, that we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And as we were worshipping earlier, I was just reminded that one day we'll meet Jesus face to face if we choose to follow him. And one day we'll have eternal life with him. We'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I felt God say to me tonight, say that if you really knew that, if you really believed that we were with him for eternity, if you really understood the true beauty and power of that, you'd have so much more security and peace here on earth. Because ultimately death does not have the last say. Ultimately death oh death where is your sting what hope and reassurance we have that Jesus was prepared to die for us the shepherds would have been expected to die for their sheep our Lord our saviour my shepherd was prepared to die for me what reassurance to know that this shepherd wants to protect us to comfort us to let us know he's there to pull us out of the most dark and desperate situation he offers us eternal life and through this storm, through this pain, we can sit and worship and celebrate because it's not based on the situation around us, it's based on Jesus Christ, our risen saviour.
So what do we do? I want to just suggest two things. We need to look to Jesus. We need to look to Jesus. He's the good shepherd. He's the one that provides eternal hope. He's the one that provides a peace that is supernatural. He's the one that can fight off the enemy's schemes. But what is really key about this passage is that there's an expectation that the sheep would follow their shepherd. And what I mean by that is a bad shepherd would have to drive the sheep from behind. A good shepherd would walk and the sheep would follow. These promises of blessing follow from the fact that we put our trust in him and follow him a step at a time. He leads us from the front and we just trust him day by day, step by step. You see, the danger is, if you're anything like me, you're trying to fit Jesus into your life. And now we're stretched to say, actually, Jesus, have your way in my life. Have your way in this world. Have your way in this church. I want to trust in you for every decision. I want to turn to you in every decision I need to make on a day-by-day basis. We need to look to Jesus and trust him with everything. We need to look to Jesus and we need to try and look like Jesus. We need to endeavor to look like Jesus. In a world out there who so easily can get concerned and anxious, we need to show them deep peace amidst the storm. We should be the most joyful and peaceful people right now because we have the victory in Christ. We keep worshiping through the storm. We keep celebrating through the storm. This Psalm 23, we don't know, but was very likely to be written by David before he was king. And it was likely to be written perhaps in the middle of the night when he was guarding the sheep, when he was there with a flock of sheep in the lonely place, in the vulnerable place, in the isolated place. There he is worshipping and proclaiming that his Lord is his shepherd. We know that he's on the throne and we're determined to declare that to one another and to ourselves. And as we do that, we provide peace and security as the hands and feet of Jesus. We want to be like Jesus in both word and deed. So what does this mean practically? We want to be people of prayer. Whatever the next few weeks and months look like, we want to be people of prayer. Individuals in communities, and as we gather, we want to be people of prayer. We want to look out for the vulnerable. Let's look out for one another. How do we, as the followers of Jesus, look out for the vulnerable in our church and communities? If that is you and you're feeling concerned, then let us know. We'd love to keep in contact with you. We've got a, a link on the webpage where we'd love just to keep up with you or just come and chat to me after. We'd love to make sure that those who are vulnerable or isolated have connection with our church. And we also want to support one another as we meet across this city. As I said, I can't tell you tonight how frequently you'll meet in the next few months. But we want to be able to worship as we scatter across the city. We want to be coming together online as a community we'll try and put talks online we'll try and put information resources online keep an eye on the websites we'll have different things for you to look at and to resource and encourage you and we also want to see this as a real opportunity to support those around us we've got some of these out in the foyer these are slips that you can give to your neighbor i did it just this afternoon we gave it to 10 of our neighbors and what you do on this slip is that they can fill this in and let you know if they need help picking up shopping or posting mail or a friendly phone call, whatever it is, just to show that as Christians we want to really, truly love our neighbour, to look out for those on the fringe who are vulnerable in our streets and society. 
I wonder at this moment if our nation is more spiritually thirsty than it's ever been. They're looking to be guided to peaceful and calm waters and we can show them that. I was in Laudi yesterday. I don't feel we're rushing back. But I was in Laudi yesterday and I just chatting to two different shop owners and for obvious reasons they were both very concerned and anxious. They had very little trade in the last week and they were concerned that it was going to plummet. And just offering to pray for both those individuals was just a really key thing to touch them and encourage them. Didn't take much of me. But they were just deeply touched, encouraged that I was willing to pray for them and offer them hope and say that I'd continue to pray for them. Guys, this is our time to step up as a church, isn't it? This is our time as a church to be more deeply connected with our Saviour than ever before, to be people of prayer, to be helping those across our city, to be helping the work of Bethany, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. What if we really look to support one another in our church and our communities? What if we really wanted to prefer one another and honour one another and love one another? This is our time to stand up and show faith, hope and love to show the city what peace in Jesus looks like, to show what taking a day at a time looks like, to show in a time that can so easily be filled with anxiety that we know Jesus who holds us in perfect peace. What does it mean for us in a time where the floor has been seemingly swept away from us to say that our security is rooted in Jesus who's the same yesterday, today and forever? For no matter what we see around us, we trust in Jesus. We build our life on Jesus. We turn to Jesus. We rely on Jesus. I've deliberately just had a short message tonight, but I just want to finish by asking this. Has there ever been a greater opportunity for this church to really love Edinburgh, be family, and follow Jesus? Has there ever been a greater opportunity for this church to love Edinburgh, be family, and follow Jesus? To really show this city what loving one another looks like, serving our neighbours, serving the government, the schools, those who are working so hard for us, blessing them, praying for them, standing up as a church, not ducking away, but standing out. Has there ever been a time for us to show what family really means so we're not just meeting on Sundays? In fact, we might not be meeting on Sundays for a while, who knows? But our church is still one. Our church is still family. We still look out for each other. We still encourage one another. We still care for one another. We still support one another. And of course, most importantly, Jesus is still alive. We've talked in the last few weeks about the fact that the Holy Spirit is real and alive. And we've seen some amazing, really cool stuff happen. But that's not it now. That doesn't stop. He goes with us into the next few weeks and months, whatever they entail as we support our neighbours, as we care for the elderly and vulnerable, he's with us, the spirit goes with us. As we press into him in communities or as families, he's with us. He wants to meet with us and allow him to know us in a deeper and more intimate way. Guys, I'm sure that there's challenge and nervousness and anxiety in many of us. But if I know one thing about Jesus, he wants to deepen our peace and say that I've got this. I can care for you, I can look after you. And I wonder if it's about seeing this as much an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to show what being a follower of Jesus really means. Let's take this opportunity to really serve others, to love this city and to direct them to Jesus. I want to pray for us now.
And I want to just first of all pray for anyone who's in the NHS. I think it's right to do that. So if you're in the medical profession, we'd love just to pray for you. So if you could stand up now, that'd be great. If you're able to stand up, we'd love just to pray for you guys. You guys do an amazing work. Come on, there must be someone here tonight who works in the NHS. Great. I was going to say, place a hand on them, but don't do that. Okay. I'm going to pray for these guys. Lord, we thank you for these incredible individuals. We pray for supernatural strength. We pray for skill. We pray for wisdom when we have to make decisions. We pray for togetherness where there's perhaps times of stress or anxiety. We pray that they would know just a real sense of togetherness and unity and fun through this challenging time. We pray that the professionals would be able to get the right vaccines in place and the right medication in place and yeah, we just ask for a total blessing on them. We pray that you'd resource them as well, financially and practically with people. We pray for protection on these individuals and their families and their situations. Holy Spirit, just come and anoint them. I pray that as they go into their work this week, they would know a supernatural sense of your presence, Lord. Amen. And why don't we all stand if we're able, and I'd just love to pray for us all before we return to Jesus in worship. If you're able just to put your hands out in front of you just as a sign of receiving from God, that isn't banned as yet. Let me pray for us. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray for each and every one of us here tonight that we would know this peace that passes all understanding. Why don't we now just in our hearts whisper the concerns we have, be it finances, be it family members, be it the unknown, whatever it is, just whisper to God now what your concerns are. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us right now would feel a tangible sense of you just encountering us. And I pray you'd bring a smile and a joy to our face, Lord. Holy Spirit, lift our heads, raise our gaze. Fill us with assurance that can only be ascribed to you. Deepen our trust in you. Protect us, guard us, comfort us. Put your loving arms around those who are vulnerable or elderly or fragile we just pray there be a supernatural protection over this church and our families Lord and we pray that this destructive virus would cease Lord we boldly pray that we would see this turn around let us have the faith to believe that we can see this thing coming to an end and that this incredible virus which is just causing total chaos and upheaval we pray in your name that it would stop. Deepen our faith, deepen our dependency on you, we pray, Lord. And Lord, now as we come to you in worship, I pray it would be such a joyous, celebratory moment. Because you are still on the throne, you're still in charge, you're still good, you're still Lord. And I pray that we would just very much declare the truths over ourselves and one another. And we would gain such encouragement and support from doing that. I pray that we would leave this building tonight changed and transformed into your likeness. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.